episode four, season two of the Problematic Podcast. And again, I want to thank everyone for coming back. If you're listening, thanks. Many thanks. Many thanks to you guys. Because, well, I'm not going to say without you guys, I wouldn't be doing this because I love to talk shit, you know? And, and some of it is profound, you know? Not all of it is quote-unquote shit. Um, but yeah, man, uh, a lot to tackle. A lot to tackle today. Um, now, I had some bullet points uh, highlighting what I wanted to speak on. Um, I'm still going to touch those topics. Um, but what I really wanted to discuss at this very moment, is everything that's going on. Um, As far as the protests, the riots, um, what happened to that poor man, George George Floyd. Um, And and this is not a singular case either. And, And I'm sick of everyone, not even everyone, I, I, I don't wanna lump everybody together, but I'm sick of the people um, acting like this is an overnight thing, you know, like we just caught, like, this is the first case of, of police brutality and, and we're just all up in arms and we're using that as an excuse to loot and, you know, so on and so forth. Um, but this, this has been going on for centuries and, to try to police somebody's anger is beyond privilege to me, honestly. It's, it's easy to be a pacifist when issues don't affect you directly. Um, and, and my thing is to constantly highlight that, oh, all, co- all cops aren't bad. In the midst of black people losing their lives in the hands of those very officers, furthers the point that quote-unquote all lives don't matter um you know racism it's not merely prejudice it's it's a systematic imbalance of power so going back to the you know not all cops are bad rhetoric um you know but here here you are policing somebody else's rage and in the midst of those peaceful protests, officers are still managing to use aggressive tactics. Um, you know, even even young kids are being maced. Uh, you know, peaceful protesters are being shot in the face with rubber bullets. Um, you know, so to call somebody's rage ignorant, uh, you know, these are... Black people carry the trauma of their ancestors and they still continue to face that very trauma um and yeah and, and and to and to try to govern how how people mourn is senseless honestly it's is it going to bring you know these innocent lives back no but you know what do you do when every peaceful tactic goes unheard what do you do? Um, it's yeah, it's 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 hard to to wrap my head around, 
and there you know there have been a lot of problematic latinos on my feed as well a lot of them are comparing you know the ice protests to everything that's going on now and hey we can conduct ourselves in a peaceful manner why can't you do it and honestly (laughs) here's my thing to to compare one or the other is super tone deaf or and crippling not or crippling it is crippling um and like that that rage we're seeing like i said it didn't happen overnight you know blacks have been treated like second class citizens for centuries They're the ones who built this country. They were taken from their country and forced here. You know, their their family tree, it's all over the place, you know, because historically whites have have, uh, had nearly eradicated Mm -hmm you know, their history, so, and, and the thing is, historically, whites have been looting ongoing, you know, even, even the, the, uh, the riots that occurred in 1921 in Tulsa, Oklahoma, over the alleged assault, uh, from a black man assaulting a white woman, you know, the KKK, uh, like burning black churches and and black communities that that's all that's all taught from you guys you know so the same the same people trying to um the same people who are trying to tell people how to mourn and how to react like you're <laughs> you're what your and what you carry from your ancestors is that same very toxicity, so you need to fucking recognize that. Um, it just boggles my mind, honestly. And with all this, I've I've coined a new term for these problematic Latinos. My uh, I'm not gonna say my. They're they're they are not my brethren. Um. Yeah, so you know, you know how everybody refers to an annoying white racist, let me talk to your manager as white lady as a Karen or a Susan or a Becky. I'm I'm just going to flat out call you motherfuckers Zimmermans. Zimmermans, Ted Cruz's, whatever. You guys are all lumped in there. <laughs> it just it boggles my mind. As a white passing Latina, I I recognize my privilege. I can recognize that. And I can also empathize with another community without feeling threatened, without, you know, without trying to combat with, oh, all lives matter. It's a given. Like, no one's saying that all lives don't matter. Saying all lives matter is a 
it's just a flat out smear to the Black Lives Matter movement because that's created to to address that hey you know we matter too because the way uh the judicial system and law enforcement treats black people like second class citizens um it's they certainly don't act like black lives do matter and this movement is is shedding light on that like hey you're fucking killing us you're killing our innocent brothers and sisters and we have and and it's fucked up that we have to remind you hey we're people too that's what the black lives matter movement is like hey we're fucking people you know and do i think like i said do i think looting is a viable solution not necessarily but i'm not mad at it i'm not gonna have a strong opinion on it honestly um you know i there are those people who do loot for personal gain um but there are exponentially a lot more people who are mourning and are pissed from the ongoing cases of police brutality and injustice um and like i said there's people who are still peacefully protesting that are being beaten and maced by officers and honestly if someone continues to disregard your cries and your overall own humanity peacefully withdrawing no longer seems like a viable solution you know kaepernick was still fired from the nfl mlk and Malcolm X were still assassinated. Zimmerman was still acquitted. And the cop that killed George Floyd is still able to receive bail. And now, I know this is a podcast that, you know, highlights the trending uh, hot topics of the week. You know, uh, just pop culture, um, you know, light the lighter news. Um uh, you know, but even with with that uh, with that being said, I still try to branch out a deeper conversation um, with those topics, um, and I don't have a huge platform. You know, I'm I'm no influencer, uh, but I do have a platform, and people do listen, uh, whether it's five people, ten people one person, what have you. And and I want to use this platform and I want to take the time to, to address um, the, the imbalances in our system. And, and I'm pissed. And I do feel like I'm not doing enough. Although I've signed petitions and I've made donations, I I still feel guilty. I still feel like I should be on the front lines. Um I, and I know it's it's dangerous out there. I've I've probably attended like one protest in my life and that was I believe that was during the Muslim band. Ban band? Wow. Can't speak. Can't speak. Got a podcast and can't speak. 
Oh boy, oh boy. Um, yeah, I just wanted to, to shed some light on that. Um, and I just, I just, we just need to do better, man. Honestly. We, we're, we're just so set on, on tribalism too. I feel like people, I feel like the, the Latinos or like the, the other people who like to, to criticize the looting, um, and the riots, uh, like I said, it's it's easy to be a pacifist when when shit doesn't affect you directly. I, I we honestly need to educate ourselves on on American history. Uh, you know, I I feel like the people who are voicing these strong opinions against the protests or what have you. They don't have an idea about the injustices of our system and how slavery was never really abolished. Um, we just found different avenues for it. I mean, let's let's be real. You know, slavery was a huge played a huge part in the American economy. So abolishing it, you know, obviously didn't eradicate uh injustice and inequality amongst amongst uh black people um or just people of color. So, you know, you got to find other loopholes, right? Mass incarceration we're just gonna, you know, lock a bunch of people up and make a lot of money in our prisons, fill up these beds. So yeah, I treating this like, ah, the past is just the past, you know, get over it. You know, I I wasn't a, a you know, plantation owner. Why are you getting mad at me? I'm getting mad at you because you fail to recognize your privilege. It's it's pretty much like being in a race and everyone gets a head start and you're just playing catch up the whole time. And, you know, there's always the the argument of pick yourself up by the bootstraps. But I'm not saying that, oh, okay, well, because uh, systemic racism, we should just throw in the towel and and you know hang that over our heads. But but mm-hmm. to an extent, um, yeah, <laughs> you you can't really argue. Uh, you can't really make that argument if um, if if you know everybody has a fucking head start. It's like that that uh that old Dave Chappelle bit where you go into the hood, it's gun store, liquor store, gun store, liquor store. <laughs> it's it's funny, but it's funny because unfortunately there's a lot of truth to that. Um and you know, food deserts, all that jazz, 
um, you know, if, if we want to throw a little Chicago history in there, we can talk about OG Mayor Daly. Um, sure, you know, as far as, uh, okay, cool. He brought highways. <laughs> he made traveling easier. Um, but with a lot of the blacks that migrated from the South, um, he pretty much lumped them in high rises, the projects and just like, yeah, there you go. You know, pretty much that that's. Yeah, that, that's what perpetuated this. Yeah, we live in one, I live in one of the most diverse cities in the country, but but we're incredibly segregated. North side, south side, like, they, they're two different worlds, man. Um, it's crazy. That's, I don't know, man. I, <sighs> I this is a very heavy topic and like I said I'm I'm no this is no political podcast this is not NPR dude I you know <laughs> I recognize my place but I I'm also I also have the right to an opinion this is my platform I'm going to fucking use it right um but yeah so you know be safe out there um, I salute everybody protesting. Like I said, just be safe, be mindful, and yeah, um, hopefully justice will eventually be served. So let's keep pushing, y'all. Let's keep fighting. Um, but yeah, let's let's further on to uh to some pop culture news, some little fluff. I suppose. Uh, so there have been rumors circulating that Amazon uh, might be interested in acquiring AMC theaters. So what does that mean for for the film industry? Um, what does that mean as far as experiences go? Um Let's say hypothetically, uh, you know, Amazon did buy out AMC. How how would the theatric <laughs> theatrical experience vary? You know, would it be attached to Whole Foods since you know Amazon is uh, linked to Whole Foods? Um, you know, what would they just showcase? Amazon originals um you know how would that play out would there just be certain originals that would be exclusive to the theaters and then eventually be available on those very streaming services um you know how would how would that add up would people still continue going to the movies um I am not sure but the argument goes on as to whether these very tech companies such as, you know, Amazon or Netflix, uh, is, it, is, is this going to be a threat to the industry or, or could it help the in- industry? Um, you know, who knows? I mean, I just don't want 
I don't see the film industry plummeting anytime soon, but I'm old school. I, shit, I go to the movies by myself. You know, I, 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 I still enjoy the, the theatrical experience. Um, sure, it's nice to be at home streaming shit and, you know, pausing when you want and taking your shit breaks and, you know, calling, uh, you know, calling Uber Eats and shit. Um, and a lot of people say if Apple, Netflix or Amazon owned a theater chain, the company would make money no matter where consumers decide to watch movies. Um, but yeah, the, the question is what movies would be highlighted uh, are they going to be exclusive? Like, how would that all play in? And and how would the Oscars play out, too? Would there be, like, an Amazon category, a Netflix category? Um, who knows? Also, critics say Amazon's integration with Whole Foods has certainly hit a couple Workers reported deteriorating working conditions and the number of new customers to the stores decreased in early 2019 compared to the year prior. Whole Foods also cut ties with Instacart, promoting Amazon's own delivery service instead, which is obviously good for Amazon itself, but results in fewer choices of delivery options for customers compared to competing grocery chains. They also say an Amazon merger with a theater chain would be exactly the kind of vertical integration and loss of consumer choice um, that the 1948 Paramount consent decrees were meant to combat in the film industry. Uh, the decrees prevented certain major studios from owning theaters and showing only their movies, excluding not just competitors, but indie filmmakers as well. If Apple were to build its own Apple TV Plus theater, it might choose to show Netflix movies inside. After all, this is the company that doesn't allow mention of other mobile platforms on its app store. Yeah. So my thing, my tiff is sure, whatever helps the film industry, because I'm a huge film buff. I, I consider myself a cinephile. I don't watch as many movies as I feel like I should, but, but I feel like movies are important. Movies, movies are magic. Uh, you know, they, they build an entire universe. They make us think. But yeah, I just feel like it's getting messy and now it feels like a race to find out who's the first to like do everything. I know there's a there's a theater in Manhattan that just shows Netflix movies. Um, and I think it's cool to have like selective areas, but holy shit, if a huge giant like Amazon takes over, it's, I just feel like now it's just, it's this game of monopoly, like who owns the most, who's showing, you know, who has what, the shit feels gang related, dude, like, <laughs> fuck, man, Netflix and Amazon are like the Bloods and the Crips, which one's which, Netflix is obviously a blood, you know, Sue Wu, just kidding, just kidding, didn't say that, not incriminating myself on my own podcast, I don't know, dude, 69 for president, 
that's all I could say. Gang, gang, stream Gooba. <laughs> oh man, that's that's another thing I wanted to highlight. Um, I wanted to talk about problematic artists and the conversation of separating art from the artist. If you know, we're talking about uh, you know goofball Takashi Six Nine. Or if we're even talking about Doja Cat, um, you know, we recognize well, with Takashi Six Nine particularly, we recognize that he is a troll. Uh, you know, we take everything what he says with the hugest grain of salt. Uh, yeah, like he's he's become a walking punchline. Um, but of course, you know the the internet is still. Um, is still very vocal about how they feel about Takashi Six Nine, along with uh, fellow rappers like Snoop Dogg and Meek Mill. Fucking Snoop Dogg calling him out, saying that he doesn't want smoke and he's a snitch. But well, that's the thing. Like we we know that, you know. So we're just we're giving him what he wants. We're giving him that attention. You know, here I am complaining about people giving Takashi 6ix9ine attention. And here I am, you know, using my platform. I'm talking about 6ix9ine right now. So how much responsibility is on the artist and how much responsibility is on the audience? Um, Like, do we really give a shit with big celebrities when big celebrities are problematic and when they say fuck shit or do we just enjoy the train wreck you know who knows uh you know going back to the whole doja cat situation so after three days of taking a break from social media she came back that very weekend on instagram live to address in specifically bullet points um you know the the reasoning behind every allegation um so in summation as far as like her the whole tiny chat fiasco um tiny chat she explains is kind of like a chat roulette it's a public forum and yeah there are a lot of people who say shitty things but it's kind of like a free-for-all and yeah, and then there's the and then she talks about the clip of her saying N word with a hard R and she mentions that it was very idiotic and dumb and she was drunk. Um again, like being drunk doesn't condone shit behavior. It doesn't. Um but it's I don't know. Uh it's one of those cases where I just feel like people are people. At the end of the day, like celebrity or not, they're going to do some fuck shit, you know. So, yeah, I I forgot. There was a couple other bullet points that she tackled. Um, she talked about people using her past interracial relationships as reasoning to her to her being potentially self-hating um, and racist. 
And, you know, she you she pretty much said, I'm going to love who I love. And and that's facts. And you can't you can't argue with that. Um, you know, to although Tiny Chat is a public forum, you know, you do have the choice on whether you want to stick around. I mean, if there is a lot of bullshit going on, I preferably wouldn't want to be a part of it. Uh, even though, like I said, Tiny Chat supposedly is, is not, you know, an alt-right, um, platform, but still, you know, I, (laughs) that's why Chat Roulette never, uh, really sat well with me, because, you know, damn right, you're gonna go on Chat Roulette, and you're gonna see some dick, you're gonna see some tiny chode incel i live in my mom's basement dick you're gonna see it i used to do that i'm not gonna lie not i didn't show my dick to random strangers um but you know i i used to go on with friends and and we would be prepared for the dicks like we would cover our faces and just make fun of their tiny dicks you're just like ew look at that nasty chode Oh, you fucking loser. Just pretty much, like, demean the shit out of them. It it was fun for a little bit. But, yeah. So, I do kind of get the intrigue of of, uh, entertaining people's fuckery. Um, But, I, I don't know, man. It's... It's one of those things where it's just like, I'm not going to stand Doja Cat and just be like, you guys are wrong for, you know, ganging up on her and blah, blah, blah. But in the same token, I, it, it's, it's sus to me. It's very sus. I do believe her in her, in her, uh, in her Instagram live declaration. Um, and, and then she does mention, with the with the song that resurfaced that it was in poor taste um and how that that slur was used against her and kind of like reappropriating it and trying to take back its power um and and she does address that a lot of the lyrics don't they it nothing is really cohesive like it's a very incoherent song uh you know and and she even describes it as the worst song ever the worst song she has ever made and and she apologizes for for her fans feeling betrayed and and yeah it's it's one of those things where it's just like like i said on the episode prior to this one, that that's why stand culture is so unhealthy, man. You know, you're you're putting these celebs on this huge platform, not this huge platform, this huge pedestal, I should say, and and we idolize them, and you know we fail to see that they can, they're flawed, that they can do wrong. You know, a lot of y'all faves are problematic. 
You know, there's still diehard Kanye fans. This man said slavery was a choice and y'all still attended his Sunday services. You know, have y'all not seen an episode of Behind the Music? <laughs> Particularly the fucking Molly Crew episode, dude. Like, they were trash people. They fucking went trash hotel rooms and demean women and... Yeah, they're fucking wild, man. Uh, you know, again, Doja Cat is... She's no politician. Of course, she, she's no... She's no Bernie Sanders. She's no... Like I said, she she is just a product of the internet. Did I enjoy her music? Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, it must be, it must be ass just being under a microscope like that. Um, so yeah, I think partially, uh, celebrities do have a responsibility, um, because they do gauge a lot of influence. Um, but as adults, as, as someone with a fucking brain, uh, someone with free will, we have to understand that um, that people are gonna do fuck shit, um, and and that goes with with the with the saying "never meet your heroes." I, for one, would never want to meet any of the people I idolize because I know I would be let down because my expectations would be so fucking high and you know if i found out they were a fucking douche canoe then i'm gonna give up all hope and then uh, yeah and that's gonna receive more backlash too dude if i met fucking childish gambino and he if he was a total dick to me dude i i'd be up in arms i'd make a full-on episode just straight like bashing but i'd never do that because i'm i'm an i'm an avid follower of the gambino cult for sure um but yeah it's it's tit for tat it's weird uh um like i think mob mentality is very unhealthy um a lot of people argue, oh, well, you know, that very mob mentality is proven to be historically effective. Um, yeah, that's not the mob mentality I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, like, I, I would never compare uh, Twitter cancellation and, and people, you know, fucking making memes about people on Twitter versus, you know, historical movements like Black Lives Matter or Stonewall or the Women's Lib or, like, (laughs) it's just those two, like, apples and oranges for sure. Um, But, yeah, I I think... I I understand people are hurt, too, uh, and I don't invalidate anyone's feelings. You know, moral of the story is celebrities do shitty things. And that's the problem with idolizing people. We hold them to a higher standard and, you know, we're shocked. <laughs> we're shocked when they do fuck shit. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't think we're going to be seeing a lot of Doja Cat anytime soon. Um, and then, man, and then everything that happened with uh, 
with the murder of George Floyd, and I saw that she posted, um, she posted something in relation to that, and, you know, justice for Floyd, and it, posting that right after, like, her backlash, yeah, people, that wasn't well received at all, was not well received. But yeah, I I do also truly think that we we love a we love a good train wreck. You know, poor Britney. Let's talk about that. Back in 07, like Britney Spears <laughs> and I know a lot of people are like Britney Spears would never. Britney Spears would never be on an alt-right, you know, public chat room. She would never don't talk about St. Britney like that. Um, but just talking about the 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 conversation of uh of being under a microscope. So she, Britney Spears has been on the scene since she was a fucking child. Mickey Mouse Club, 13 years old. And then she came back on the scene 16, 17 with Baby One More Time. This girl was was exploited. And she was hypersexualized at a young age. Her virginity was a constant conversation. Like, even her Rolling Stone cover, like, exuded pedophilic elements to it. Um, I remember, like, I think she was, I'm pretty sure she was 17. She had, like, this lace bra with these little boy shorts and... Uh, you know, Miss Looking Sexy, she also had, like, a stuffed animal to, you know, exude her her youth, her adolescence. So, yeah, this, and then, you know, we were all shocked when, you know, she shaved her head and attacked the paparazzi. I wonder why. <laughs> uh, you know, we we did Britney wrong, man. And and it goes without saying. It's I mean, even if we look at very influential people in history, if 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 we just take that celebrity hat away, Susan B. Anthony was rumored to be racist. Uh Gandhi, pedophile, <laughs> you know? Uh MLK was also rumored to be a homophobe. Um again, this is uh this week i don't know this is fact but there are several um articles that have been floating in cyberspace i, I and and i'm not surprised um as far as the whole susan b anthony uh ordeal i mean she was around during like the late 1800s 19 early 1900s um and I think with Susan B. Anthony, I think the the um, the definition of racism has, of course, revolutionized over time. You know, before we just thought being prejudiced against another person's race, boom, racism. And then we are now in 2020, and we've learned well some of us, that racism is a lot more deep-rooted than that. 
and um and a lot of people argued with Susan B. Anthony as far as her case was more racial. She was more of a assimilationist. Um, so she she obviously was against slavery and uh, felt that you know blacks should be equal. However, uh, without taking into consideration that, like, oh, you know, they they should have you know, access to our education, access to, you know, everything that we have to offer without thinking, hey, our people had enslaved them for centuries and, and took them away from their country and stripped them from their culture. Why would they want to assimilate? So what the fuck we have? Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's not all black and white um you know racism comes in many different forms uh i I think that's like one of my favorite uh i don't know if it's college humor or funny or die but they had this bit on diet racism and it's a thing diet racism exists just because it it doesn't just because it's not you know blatant and and in your face doesn't mean that it's not racist um but y'all are not ready for that conversation i fucking hate when people say that like unironically y'all are not ready for this conversation you don't even know dude fucking netflix amazon hulu they started covid dude so everybody could stay home and and watch all their content and you give them their monies wake up dude wake up stay woke keep that third eye open and when i say third eye i am talking about your brown eye keep that butthole open dude problematic (laughs) sub predatory predatory behavior cancel me cancel me twitter fuck Another um, platform that is on the chopping block uh, is TikTok. Um, So I caught wind of this about two days ago. And this was due to the fact that um, the Black Lives Matter hashtags as well as the George Floyd hashtags and pretty much everything encompassing that... uh, was shadow banned on TikTok. So when people insert those hashtags, uh, you'd see zero views. You can't find any content on it when in fact, everybody's fucking talking about it. And then there was a lot of push and pull. A lot of people were arguing that, oh, it was just like an uploading issue because there were other hashtags that were that were seemingly shadow banned as well, such as hashtag boy by excuse me, uh, hashtag cute, whatever. But it's just so coincidental that those specific hashtags during this uprising was shadow banned. Um, so uh, a woman by the name of Rachel Zegler, um, I think she she's uh, supposed to play Maria and the, the new rendition of West Side Story or Steven Spielberg's rendition of it 
um, she is the one who called it out because I, I believe she was trying to post something in relation to that and and yeah and then it spread like wildfire so um yeah tiktok claimed it was an uploading issue but you know the a lot of people are uninstalling the app and and not only on uninstalling the app but rating it one star honestly fuck tiktok (laughs) even if this wasn't an issue like i'm I can't, I can't get on board with TikTok. It's not, I, I just, I don't know if it's a generational thing, but I just find it so cringy on how, you know, people are just mouthing the words to somebody else's content. And I find that really fucking weird. It's either that, and, and what bothers me about that is, uh, how people comment oh my god you're so funny you kill me and i'm like they're just they're fucking mouthing somebody else's joke dude (laughs) that's all they're doing or another uh cringy thing that i also get a a a kick out of uh not only the e-boys but like the soft boys or like the the wannabe like the fuck boys with like too many feelings and they try to do like the acting pov as if it's an audition tape like some of the scenarios would be like it's the 1950s i'm all alone my date just left me what do you do like huh what what the fuck excuse me e-boy danny zuko get the fuck out of here dude so you know what TikTok never got my vote. Bring Vine back. I didn't mind Vine culture. Vine, I mean, there was some cringy Vines. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but, like, shit. Without Vine, we wouldn't have gotten, like, fucking Jimmy Tatro and Casey Fry and Curtis Connor and these funny-ass, you know, internet comedians. Um, and, honestly, I, I feel like they did it right, man. They they actually, and and the fuck Jimmy Tatro has come a long way, man. I I remember his his silly ass videos on uh on Vine, and then yeah, and then I saw him on Twenty Two Jump Street, dude. And then American Vandal, especially the first season, I was I was dying, man. Real Bros of See Me, that's also my shit. I can't wait till that comes back on, um. I don't know. True life. I'm addicted to bro comedy. That's me, man. That is me. Um, But I feel like I have taught everyone's ear off. Um, I'm sure you're like, when the fuck is it? When is this going to wrap it up? Wrap it up, B. Wrap it up. Cues, Oscar music. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Don't forget to subscribe. We're available on Spotify, CastBox. Um, What am I forgetting? Oh, Apple Podcasts, obviously. Um, You can follow me on the gram, uh, GhettoHipster92, as well as our, um, our page for our Instagram, Problematically Problematic. Um, But yeah. Thank you. I love you. Don't leave me, please. I have 
<sighs> abandonment issues. All right. <laughs> Bye, y'all. I'm talking shit. <laughs>